minutes. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 334 of Picks and Ponies here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you for joining us tonight as we're going to be handicapping a fantastic late pick five sequence at Oaklawn as they are hosting the next big Kentucky Derby prop. It's the $1.25 million 50-point Rebel Stakes, a prep for the Kentucky Derby, plus many other great stakes. It's really a fantastic card. Please make sure you hit that subscribe on the right side of the screen. After you do that, hit that notification bell, which, by the way, is up in the upper right-hand corner of your YouTube screen. And then smash that like button, which is below the video player. We'd greatly appreciate all that. It'll send the YouTube algorithm right here to the HHH Racing podcast you can follow me at x right there at h kravitz and scrolling bottom of the screen my email h kravitz horse at gmail.com listen to us on apple podcasts spotify and anchor look below the video player for information about our power picks uh tip sheet which is going very strong We've got a great website as well hhh racing podcast.com we are on instagram as well instagram.com backslash hhh racing podcast. Also, very quickly want to talk about our online store, which is now up and running our merch store. Again, you can see it right there. Look below the video player also for the link to the racing podcast store. The big story here is if Sierra Leone wins the Derby, your first $50 is free. That's right. Free $50. If the current favorite. For the Kentucky Derby, Sierra Leone wins. Your first $50 are free. Notice the store is closed at the end of the day, Sunday, March 3rd. So you only have a little, about a week and a half now to purchase merchandise. You can see there's koozies, hats, T-shirts, hoodies of different kinds. Real nice Nike dry fit polo, quarter zips. We got B&B, I bet, and boozing items as well. T-shirts, hats, same thing. Look, we'd love for you to support the HHH Racing Podcast. Again, for information on that, look below the video player. There's a link uh, on how you can find the HHH Racing Podcast online store. And also, it's available, of course, information on our website, of course, as well, hhhracingpodcast.com. P. Visco, again, doing a great job with that store, and there's information about that we got a lot of comments in the chat before we get to those comments uh let me accentuate those comments by bringing on my wonderful co-host first from the east coast of maryland mr pete visco and from the saratoga special and the commonwealth of massachusetts fresh off some refereeing in boston yard apparently paul halloran guys how are we doing this evening excellent not bad Wonderful, guys. we got a lot of stuff going on. The store is rocking and rolling. I hear there's a very big purchase made last night. Um, actually, it was my own purchase, but I'll get into that. I had to buy some extra hats, guys, and some extra koozies when we're on the road. You know, we got to pass stuff out to our fans and, you know, take care of our peeps. So I got I made a little bit of a, a big purchase and got some stuff for myself. Have you guys uh, – I'll put you on the spot. Have you guys perused at least the online store yet? Yes. 
Yes, Peru's not purchased yet. Trying to decide okay. what I want to get. Terrific. Get this, everybody. These are cool. There we go. That's a good one. That's a good one. The, the quarter zip is nice. Um, we got some upgrade in our material. Not that what you don't have, Pete, is, or not that what you have is not nice, but we did upgrade our material. We got some Nike stuff. This is actually last year's hat. The hat this year is slightly different, so you can read the racing podcast a little better. But anyway, uh, we got some really nice merch. We'd really appreciate you supporting the podcast for many reasons. Guys, we got big races at Oakland. We got the Saudi Cup uh, on Saturday. I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, even though we're going to talk about Oakland tonight, quick thoughts on the Saudi Cup. Did you guys see the field? Do you have a, a top pick? Paul, you look very – do you have a top pick, Paul? You want to throw it out there? Oh, yes. Yeah, you know I'm going to be a sucker for the Pennsylvania Derby champ, Saudi Crown. Saudi Crown. Going okay. home. Because Saudi Crown going home. The owners are from there. And, uh, you know, again, I played the horse in the Breeders' Cup Classic. I will tell you what, a one-turn a, a one mile and an eighth, uh, might hit this horse right between the proverbial eyes. So. I'll tell you what, there's some a lot of really speed is going to have to contend with. It is going to be a really inching race. Pete, we're going to be covering live. We have a live show. It's on the bottom of the screen, 1045 Eastern. Myself, Davey Lane, who else who's going to show up? We'll see. Uh, but we are going to be covering the last three races on Saturday uh, live. Pete, there's two really good turf races and then the Saudi Cup. And interesting enough, guys, last year we we have a big international following because the Saudi Cup live uh, podcast was actually our largest live audience of the entire year last year. People, I think, are thirsting, Pete, for some overseas racing. It's not easy to find it on our channels here necessarily, and people like to see different kind of racing. So it should be fun. Pete, do you have a Saudi Cup uh, choice real quick? Or yeah, I'm sort of wafering between Ushba Tesoro and and White Abario. Okay. White Abario on the rail uh, with Irad. Uh, by the way, he's going to breeze the morning up. Did you hear about that, Pete? Pretty yeah, it sounds like that's a that's not uncommon did for, it for Dutch horses. Yeah. He and, did it the morning of the Whitney. Interesting. And yeah. Ushba was my classic. Usha was my classic BC Classic pick. Didn't quite work out, but he's in fine fiddle. Derma is Derma Sotagake is done fighting with some other horses apparently on the way over. So uh, he might have a black eye in the race, uh, but you know, you, yeah, they'll toughen a, him up, right? Quite that well. was a funny story. Yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> Very. All right, guys, let's get into the Oakland pick five. I know what you felt. This was really interesting. And I'm just going to preface by saying there are some big favorites in this sequence. I'm very curious to see how you guys feel about them and who we're going to single uh, and whatnot. I think ticket construction is really, really important on Saturday. I mean, it always is. It's something I've worked on, guys. I'm going to be very honest with the viewers. I always try to be. 2023 was not my best uh, year. I handicapped pretty well, but I did not bet very well, and I, I did not have the best – year in the wallet for 2023, even though I gave out a lot of good opinions. I've been much better this year. I think uh, people that follow my podcast know, because I've, I've within our chat, I've sent some nice tickets. And really, I don't think my handicapping has changed, guys. I think my ticket construction has improved. And I think it's something that you guys are really good at. Pete, you had some awesome picks and a, and a great ticket last week in the pick five at, at Fairgrounds. And Paul, you've had your fair share of some real nice tickets as well. So I'm curious to see what everyone's going to do. But before we get to that, let's see what we got here. Terry Frank is here, guys. Good evening, all. Up, oh, you ordered the hat. There you go, Terry. That's my boy. Way to, way to go. Paul Conlin from North Dakota. Giddy up, boys. How you doing, Paul? We've got Katie is here. I want the hat. You want this hat, Katie? 
Although this hat's going to cost you like 50 bucks, but there are plenty of hats you can buy uh, online. Who else? We got a lot of people here. Uh, we, we have more people that are going to be. Oh, look who's here. Jim Pilars is here. Jim, what's going on? How you doing? Got a lot of people. We got uh, Tom Espinoza is here. We got, we got our usual suspects plus a lot more. All right, guys, pick five time. Here we go. Let's bring up the first leg of the sequence. Make sure I'm ready to go. And we are. Here we go, guys. First leg of the pick five, race eight, starts at 4.35 Eastern time. It is the carousel. It's for the girls. They're going six furlongs. It is a purse of $150,000. It's a field of nine. There are two heavy Moyne line favorites. They're both going to take a lot of money. I shouldn't say both favorites, but you know what I mean. We got Zeitlos at seven to five. Mucho Macho Girl at eight to five. Complete different connections, obviously. Let me take the main banner off and let's see, guys, where we're going to start our sequence. There we go. We are going to go chalky. We're all going eight, seven, seven, eight. Paul, I'm going to have you go first because uh, you are going different than Pete and I. You're going to go with Zeitlos, Asperson, Gaffleone. What do you like about this four year old Philly, Paul? Well, I've always liked Zeitlos. I'm thinking. If I'm looking for a separator and, and it is tough, um, you know, I, I think this this horse could be a little a little more live weight um, if if there is any closing to be had. I mean, obviously, Mucho Macho Girl was very impressive last time at five and a half. Um, their buyers are pretty comparable. Uh, Zeitlos does have some. Uh, pretty good company lines uh, exceed uh, three back. And then if you look at the, uh, you know, we ran in a series of maiden races where the winner of the race came back to win. You know, it did take um whatever, five, four races to break her maiden, but I thought the last race was good. Um, you know, it was in the slop. So if you want to say, well, that, that could have aided it uh, being by Curlin, I get it. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought maybe at six, um, but I think you're really splitting hairs with these two. And I really don't see anyone else winning the race, to be very honest with you. Pete, this is interesting because, first of all, Pete, great minds hopefully think alike. We got the exact same exact top three in this race. Yep. You know, my first glance through, Pete, I'm like the seven and eight, one of these two are going to win for sure. And then I looked really carefully, and I do have those two on top. But you know what? We're going to talk a little bit. It's not like they tire, they tower over these fields. I mean, you look at the time form U.S. numbers, you know, Zylos is low 100s, and so is Mucho, you know, Macho Girl, though she did receive a much bigger number two back. But there's a lot of horses that sort of have the same um, time form U.S. number, which is something, again, Pete, you and I have been banging the drum home of. And so I'm not sure it's that simple. We'll get to some other horses in a minute. You are going with the seven, Mucho Macho Girl, as am I. Has beaten allowance fields, but it's just done it so damn well. It just seems like she could be tough if she gets the right trip in the spot. Yeah, I thought there was a little bit of cheap speed to the inside. So I thought Mucho Macho Girl could maybe sit just off, similar to last race, and then just maybe get the jump on Zeitlos, because I agree with Paul. I think Zeitlos might be better late. But if Mucho Macho Girl can get the jump on her, and then she might just be difficult to run down because she's pretty strong herself late. But I, I think it's more of a trip 
And then you see she so she won her first race back after winning pretty impressively to end last year and then has come back with two fantastic works. So she just seems to be holding her form really well. So just based on that, she is two for two at the distance, even though the last one was five and a half. So I just think she's she's in great form. They both are in pretty good form. They're hard to split hairs, but I think the, the trip and, and just getting the jump puts me on the seven first. I agree. Interestingly enough, uh, October 14th at uh, Keeneland, Zylos was much better than Mucho Macho Girl, but Mucho Macho Girl is a con- totally different filly. Any concern, Pete? Uh, Zylos, actually, neither one of them. Actually, Zylos has won at Oaklawn last time. I'm an idiot. Any concern that Mucho Macho Girl has not uh, run or worked over this track? At no, I mean, that, that's always a little concern, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's going to matter so much, but I guess when they get there, you can't find something like that out until they run the race, unfortunately. So you have to either just take a leap of faith or say, no, I don't like that. I'd rather have someone who's had a race over the course. I sort of agree with you, by the way, the weather's going to be great Saturday. It's about fricking time. It's going to be beautiful there. There's going to be no issues whatsoever. Paul and Pete, let's quickly talk about our third choice just for a second, because I, I don't think it's necessarily a two horse race. And I'm curious to see, what you feel, how strong you feel about this one, Pete, because this one's got some angles that I find interesting. And again, if you look really carefully, I mean, here's a 101, a 104, a 104. I mean, I don't think Mucho Machigal is going to run a 113. If you think that she's going to run a 113, she wins this race for fun. But if she doesn't, Pete, there's a lot of other horses like this one, like Paul's nine, that could absolutely up this, uh, upset this field. Adelaine Julie is 10 to 1. Do you have her as a B, C? Where do you think you're going to have her in your uh, pick five, Pete, as of now? I, I, probably more in the B area, but and I, but I do think the one thing you have to like about her is, like you said, she does have races that could win. So they're not recent. The last couple weren't as good, but now she's second in the Diodoro, Diodoro bar, barn, sorry. And the last one was in the mud. So maybe you can, you can overlook that one. First one back, first one with Diodoro. Now you're getting her back on a fast track. And if you go back to that race, you pointed out, she's got a 93 buyer, 110 time form. At least that's came last year. So it's not like it happened three years ago. So she's got that in her, in her holster. So if she can bring that out, then Hey, who knows, especially at a, at a nice price. You're going to have to find a price in this sequence, as you talked about. So if you can upset one of these favorites, that's the only way you're really going to get paid, I think, unless you just bang one of your a small ticket or something. Yeah, I'll give a little preview later. Remember a few weeks ago, guys, I had an eight horse that was a total bomb that finished third in a sprint race at Oakland. I've got a bigger bomb that I like uh, that I'll talk about later. Hopefully we'll come through for everyone. Uh, Mike Carmoli makes a good point. Learning how to handicap is one thing. Learning how to bet something all together different. I agree. Hey, look, Paul, Tanner Hawkins watching my Hoosiers take on Caitlin Clark, but he's here now. So unfortunately, Paul can multitask. A lot of Caitlin Clark fans out there. I love it. Uh, let's see. Sylvain said we're not. Oh, uh oh. Oh, boy. I had to call my I got to call my people. Sylvain, I'll tell you what I can. Sh- I'll tell you what, Sylvain, you have my email. Sylvain, email me. I will take care of you, sir. If if, if this company doesn't ship to Canada, I'm assuming I'm a, you're serious about that. I'll have to look into it. And you really want to order stuff, Sylvain. We got to take care of Sylvain, guys. Sylvain, email me. Tell me what you want. We'll figure it out. I will personally ship to you. How about that, Sylvain, on uh, on our uh, dime? Paul, you look like you're interested to say something. Is it about the nine or Caitlin Clark or both? 
No, I, I, my my rant might be have to be against the goddamn company not shipping to Canada. But that's another oh, story well, that, for another that's day. Not right. Well, maybe we need to find oh, a boss. Canada. Like, you're, you're boss. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I'm the boss of me. Speaking of bosses, Paul, uh, a B, a C, just a fly, just a filler. I mean, she's got some really yeah, sweet. I, she's has some bad. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is this is mainly an Uncle Howard reverse trikey. Horse okay. Howard. However, I will uh, I, I will have a C. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna live with the the two logicals as A's, and and I will have no B's in this race unless something really strikes me between now and Saturday okay. morning, which I don't expect. But but to your point, um, you know it's interesting. Um, they both have a running line with Alva Star, who would yes. look damn formidable in this field. <laughs> You know, the one last time and the nine, three back uh, at Delaware, of all places. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think if, if – I, I see what you're saying on the one, and if one of those is not going to win the seven and eight, I'll have the one and nine as C's. I, I originally thought that, Pete and Paul. But you know what, Pete? I've got the one as a B. I think the one is – the one horse is the one that I think – you know, the turn back can lay off a little bit. The one is the one that interests me the most. And Pete, you talked about speed and we'll move on. I mean, the five, I looked at the five. I mean, I'm using the five as a C. Guys, she's got numbers that are definitely good enough at Oakland last year. I mean, she's fallen off the map. She went to the turf last time. She like went to a lead, but boy, she was fast. I don't know. Maybe the five takes back and she, I mean, somebody could blow this ticket up. I don't know what it's going to be, but I just, I don't know, guys. There's something that's really weird that even though I'm leaning on the seven and eight, I just don't think they have to win. I just don't think we, we've seen horses that are favorites that are better than those two is sort of my. I, I feel thing. like, though, if you, if you had one of those, I feel like you could make a better case. But but I not one of them winning, yeah. it makes it a little bit harder. I think that's the tougher case. But I'm with you. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, they're not secretariat. So they nope. can they're not the greatest horse in the world, so they can be beat, especially because, you know, Zeitlos is going to be coming from off a bit. You could always beat a horse like that just from a trip standpoint. Yeah, they're not Mrs. Secretary either since those are the uh, girls. But, you know, hey, is it, that's not beverage worthy, is it? I don't think so. He, we knew it. We knew no. where he was going with that. We, no. No, that's all good. All right, let's, let's go on to race nine, guys. Speaking of the girls, it's the honeybee. There it is. Uh, this is a prep for the Oaks, guys. $400,000. Wow. Mile of 16th, field of 10 girls lining up. You got another big favorite. There's your, Speaking of girls, there's your girl, Pete. West Omaha. We talked yeah. about this horse last week. Scratched from the race at the fairgrounds to run here instead for reasons that really make a lot of sense to me now that I've seen this field. We, again, touched on that a little bit last week. Brad Cox, Tora, Christian Torres. Seven to five morning line. Here's who we're going with, and we are not messing around. We are all going to go chalky here with West Omaha. Pete, since I know you're a big fan of this horse, I'm going to let you talk about first. I'm not even sure we're getting seven to five, but again, I just want to caution everyone, and I've got this horse on top too, so don't get the wrong impression, Pete. It's not like she towers over the field to me. I wouldn't be shocked if something happens here, but I think I'd be more shocked if she loses Frankly, in my opinion, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. I'd be more surpri- surprised if West Omaha loses. 
than if the seven or eight loses in the first leg. That's my gut feeling. Your thoughts, Pete? No, I, I agree with that. I just, you know, I, I just really like this horse, and she's. I think she. I think I have her second in my in my Oaks top 10 that you can see on, on our website. So I just really liked her. I liked her to win the Rachel Alexandra last week and she scratched out. So I'm just a fan. I like that. She, if you look at her from a buyer and time form standpoint, she's improved every race, obviously the connections, Cox, the Wests, she came back with her first race at three was, you know, obviously a lifetime buyer top if they're getting better, but she did it resoundingly as well. So I just think she just might be getting better and better. And if she takes another step forward, I think she just sort of outclasses all the other horses in this field. So, I mean, I just like this horse a lot. I like her from an Oak standpoint. So why not like her here? I like the way I like the way she did it last week, uh, last time, Pete. It just visually was better than she had done before, yeah. in my opinion. And her numbers don't like blow off the page, but you see a lot of blue, you know, time form code. So it's hard to get big buyers or really big time form numbers. See Sierra Leone in the dictionary um, when there's slow paces, and I sort of feel that way about West Omaha, Pete. Yeah. And I, I do also like two perfect shot came back and ran a pretty, the horse she beat last time came back and yeah. ran credibly well, you know, credibly in the Rachel Alexandra as well, finishing third. So I think it was a good stepping stone to this race and hopefully this one will be, will be the same. And it was good to hear that she didn't scratch because of any, you know, yeah. she didn't scratch because she missed a work or she had anything, anything sort of ailment. She just scratched because there were, I think, nine Brad Cox horses in that race. So wanted to stick one here and get one against maybe a little bit of a lighter field too. Paul, when you looked at this race, did you, do you think West Omaha is going to be second to last? The U S the time form U S we see on the screen there on the top, right. Has a fast pace with West Omaha pretty far back. I think there will be a fast pace, but I don't think West Omaha is going to be that far back. I would agree with you on that. And and, and frankly, I, I'm not so sure uh, she's seven to five from that far back. Um, yeah, I I I don't I, I don't think uh, she will be that far back. Um, my my strong opinion in this race is I am very much against the two. Who I think is going to be a solid second choice. Yeah. Um, hey, look at, back look, and at look at it. Jim's comment. Look at Jim's comment, Paul. You said it at the exact Jim Paul, same time. I've always said he is our most astute listener viewer. I've always said that. Well, let me and read it for our wonderful listening people that listen at home uh, later on through our audio podcast. He based that all winners ran on the rail that day that she won, including Mystic Dan. I think all the winning buyers times those days are too high. When you say those days, he's referring to the actual race day. Uh, I am against the two also, but she did do it well. I have no idea where it came from, though, Paul. I agree. I, I don't know where it came from. Look, at if if you didn't have her at 24-1 to 1 last time and you take her at 2-1 to 1 this time, you you want to talk about ticket construction. I mean, she did do it. it you know, she just came down the middle of the track. Uh, it, it looked like... Um, Denim and Pearls, who did all the dirty work in the race, was a winner. And then, you know, she rolled by him. Make no doubt about it. I want no part of this horse at 2-1 to one after 24-1 to one last time. And, um, yeah, that, so that's why I'm okay with taking West Omaha, at least as far as playing the race. Uh, when we talk about uh, our second pick, Tom Espinosa, another astute viewer, um, 
has the one second. I, I think the one is would be the key to my race here. I, I like the one a lot to be a part of. Almost picked her on top. Oh, well, the, do tell. 10 to 1 morning line for Amos and Leperu. Yeah, I mean, you know, first start this year. So she's, she has been off. Uh, the Alcibiades obviously came back uh, as a strong race. Um, you know, she she led it. Um, never really got to open up, but, you know, she did lead it. Um, uh, you know, Amos uh, graded stakes at Oaklawn the last five years is one for six. So it's relatively uh, small. Uh, sample uh, that last race that uh, Alice Beach was in, I believe Brightwork was in that race. Uh, who's a real fast horse who won twice at Saratoga, and Brightwork was pressing that pace as well. So this horse never really had a, a breather. Uh, interestingly, but for two guys who you know race in Kentucky a lot, Amos and Leperu. Amos has only ridden Leperu three times in the last five years, according to Formulator. I can't say that I blame him. Uh, anyway, he's uh, 0 for 3. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that this horse might get the right trip. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see her on the lead in this race. I, I don't know what the time form – I know you put it up. Uh, yes, Jim, I just referred to that. I know you put it up, Howard. Um Where's the time for him? Have the uh, one in this well, I, I would assume mid pack, right, right I'll, behind I'll, the three leaders, Paul. It has, yeah. It okay. has. And Pete, yeah. Uh, off the layoff, Amos is pretty good. Fifty percent of the money, eighteen percent. This is yeah. this stat is only two to three. Wait, no, I, what is it? Math, math teacher. Hello, two to six. Two months, to six months. Last five years certainly could yeah. win. Uh, off the layoff, so I, I'm. I know you got some stats. I'm assuming Pete also. I don't. I, don't I didn't. On, on, I didn't specific like, just because okay. they, I did have an Amos stat in three year old graded stakes races, three for thirty three. But my, my concern, Paul, with Molly, I like her. Obviously, I have her in second. My biggest concern was they seem like they haven't figured out her running style, and she's also on her fourth jockey in four races. So that also doesn't help. I think with the running style a bit because you can't get a jockey that's comfortable, and they don't seem to know how. How she's best going to win so that was my yeah. concern but maybe the rail just sort of forces them the rail and speed to the outside maybe just forces this race to have her sit right behind maybe work out a rail saving trip and then see what happens yeah. but that was my biggest concern with her guys we got uh we all every week we're, we're getting new by the way we have a ton of people watching live thank you very much for watching the hhh racing podcast again hit the subscribe button the bottom right hand side of the screen notification bell on the top right of your youtube uh if you're watching this as a replay we want comments down below the video player on any of these races and then of course watch us saturday 10 45 eastern live Saudi Cup coverage. Very few podcasts are doing that, guys. So we appreciate you tuning in with uh, Davey Lane, who's a great handicapper that anyone who knows this podcast knows. And he's from Liverpool, England. He's going to give some great picks. Uh, we have Gavin Stratton is here. Thoughts on Magic Grant? Magic Grant is the – where is Magic Grant? Uh, on the outside? I don't think that's Not this, in this race. race. Is that the previous race? All right, we'll get to it. There was a um, tap at Jenna Lee thought, too. Tap it, so Tappa Janali is a horse I actually liked last time in the Martha Washington. She went to the lead, which sort of surprised me. Um, I don't know. She's okay. I, I just didn't like the Martha Washington. I think we all agree. We don't really love the Martha Washington uh, race. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The one that I'm a little bit interested in, guys, like your one horse, 
who is my kind of horse in general, like that fuzzy, fresh face. But I sort of agree with Pete. Paul, I don't I don't know how I feel about the one right now. Is this 10, Midshipsman's Dance, who I know this is a big ask, but the breeding uh, says that she can go long. Sticks Wonder Girl, Steve, quite a quite American on the damn side. And watching the 10 run, guys, and I, I'm not going to show the replay, she did get a good trip up the rail. She seems a little more grindy and a little sort of like a larger built horse. And I think the distance is not going to be a problem. This is an aggressive spot for Diodoro. This is going to be a price. I like Vasquez. So the 10 to me is sort of like your one, guys. Who It's the fuzzy who I'm using actually as a B as in boy. I'm going to use the one as a C. It's interesting. But for me, guys, I will say as we move on, if West Omaha loses, that is going to put a major dent into my pick five. I know I'm giving away my pick five ticket later, but I just think West Omaha is the most likely winner of the sequence. And I'm including the Rebel Stakes in that conversation. Do you guys feel that way? I do. Paul, do you feel that way? West Omaha, the most likely winner of the day? No. I love a horse in the next race. Oh, I love it. Really? Boy, I thought this, I thought the next race is impossible. I love, all right, this is interesting. I'm here to make it easy for you. (laughs) You know me. Uh, Diodoro, by the way, I just looked six for 65 in graded stakes the last five years, only 9%. Um, and I don't know if you add Oaklawn, what happens, but, uh, but I, 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 you know, I get you how the, the price is going to be right. As Bob Barker would say, I had, I, I think I had that horse, like maybe the fourth choice. The concern was the outside post that this configuration don't, yeah. are, are kind of tough. And if you look at just percentages, I think they're pretty bad. I think it's like one for 18 out of the 10 hole. Yeah. And this horse, if you combine that with the jump up in class, that was what knocked her down just a bit, but you know, she could just be talented and getting better. And if she does, she could be tough, especially underneath yeah. West Omaha at a price. Well, I like what Tarifa did last. I'm still waiting for like an explosive. I, I would love to see West Omaha, really any of these girls, like, put up like a hundred buyer and just, you know, say like, wow, I don't think we've really had that. Like, I mean, Tarifa was good last week, guys. And that was a nice pick Paul for the Godolphin crew, but it wasn't like a wow. I'm still waiting for that kind of explosive effort, I guess for the boys too, except for last week, which worked out well for us, but Hey, that was explosive enough. We haven't, how do we go through this podcast? not mentioning anything about Sierra Leone in the first half an hour. Pretty crazy. Well, I was going to talk about Tyler when I in, in, in picking Zeitlos. I said, why not pick the jockey of the Derby winner if you can pick him in the carousel? Sounds good to me. Let's get to the Razorback. And, and Paul, we're going to let you go first since you have a very strong opinion here. My strong opinion is it's a tough race. It's a grade three. It's for older horses. $600,000 the purse. A mile of 16th. Of course, they're on the dirt. It's a big field of 13 here. With the Moyline favorite is a soft one, and it's an Iowa bred. Uh, ain't life grand at 7-2 for Von Hemmel and Martin Garcia. Let's see where we're going to go in race 10. Oh, boy, Paul. You you like the horse I like, don't you? You you slick devil, you. Paul's going to go with the 8. I'm going with the 8. Uh, Pete likes the 8 also. He's got the 8 in, in second, but Pete's going to go with, well, Third? Oh my! I can't wait to hear about this. Pete's got a thirty-one. Is that? I just want to make sure nice. is that right, Pete? Yeah, no, that's right. Oh, that's like beautiful. It. Oh like my! It. 
We both we're going. Pete, you and I are. We've got thirty one shots, guys, in in back to back races that we find interesting. I can't wait to hear about it. But Pete, all due respect, we're going to go to Paul first. He likes the number eight in this race, and that is Magic Tap. Also, my top choice, nine to two. Paul, hit it. Ran a respectable race in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, ran a, a decent race at Churchill. Came the first race uh, back this year. Uh, granted, it was a you know conditioned allowance. Normally, it's a three lifetime, but that was you know that you got to think that th- that that's not what Steve Asperson had in mind for this guy. Um, the allowance race at Saratoga, leading into the Pennsylvania Derby. Sent uh, brought back two winner, two horses to win and two horses to run second. So that was a typical, really strong Saratoga allowance. Um, I I think all systems are go. We go. We talked. We just talked about Tyler uh, Keith Asperson, who is is riding very well, not just for his dad but for others down there. But you know, Steve does go to Tyler on this horse, which is obviously another positive. Uh, the horse is in the mid low to mid nineties for six consecutive races on the bias scale, which puts him right in the mix. And and there are other horses, you know, in that neighborhood for sure. Jim Pilar's putting the scratch in the chat that the four is going to scratch, which is yeah. Uh, I haven't heard that, uh, but I'm going to I'm assume obviously he he heard that. So that the that's yeah I I picked the horse third, but I. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I really, really like this eight horse this race. Let's talk about the last race. The seven, Paul, is the gray that's outside of the six. It's this one right here in the windchill colors. And what I like a lot about Magic Tap here, Paul, is he was very professional. He he was more of a speed kind of horse last year, but Asmussen rated this horse in behind. And I like the fact that he was able to. I like the stretch a lot. So he's in between yeah. horses, and, and he's he's not bothered by that. And, you know, Astros had to make a decision here, the jock. Yeah. And this horse really has never come inside in between horses because I've seen this horse run a lot. And I like this move right here. It was very professional. I know he doesn't, like, explode. But Astros, the, the jock's not like a, you know, he's not an eclipse rider. And the horse fights through the inside. And what I also like, Paul, is the gallop out. And I know I talk about gallop out too much probably, but he wins not by a lot, but he, he had a lot more energy in my opinion. We'll just watch it right here. The gallop out. I mean, he wasn't, he definitely was not letting anyone go by there is, is my point. So I like the fact that he was more professional, Paul, in my opinion. I also like the fact he was a little bit further back than before. And I've always thought very highly of this horse. I like this horse a lot. I'm a little bit worried that the pace is going to be so strong that he's going to have to come from further back. And I wish this race was a mile and eighth, Paul. If this race was a mile and eighth, this would be like a lock single for me. But the fact that it's a mile and 16th, eh, make, gives me a little bit of cause for pause. Not that he can't win a mile 16th. I just think he's better going longer, is my opinion, uh, Paul. But I do like this horse a lot. I totally agree with you. Let's get to – is there anything else you want to add, Paul? I want to get to Pete's six. No, I want to hear why this 30-to-1 shot's going to right, be I'd on love my to hear, ticket. Love to hear, Pete. <laughs> Midnight Rising, and you've come up with some nice prices on this show. This is not only a nice price. This would completely blow up this thing. One last time in the mud, uh, Jordan Blair is 20 – he only has nine runners at the meet, but he's one of the two of them. I'll just let you expound. What do you like about Midnight Rising at a monster price, Pete? 
Yeah, so I thought this was I thought this was a tough race too. So I wasn't as confident as Paul is. So I was I was looking at a bunch of horses and I figured in a race like this where I thought the four and now we're seeing Ain't Life Grand is gonna scratch, which has been confirmed by someone else, Gavin as well. But once I saw that horse was in it and I said, I, I just don't think that that's the strongest favorite. And I think this is the race where in a, in a sequence where there's some um, some low priced horses that I think have pretty good shots. I thought, let me look for one that I really like. And I thought this one's under the radar. So you see the first six races were on either synth or turf and they weren't overly impressive at all. Comes out and again, runs the last one in the mud. So you never know if the mud moves a horse up or not. From a Tomlinson standpoint, it doesn't necessarily look like it. But what I really liked was got a 92 buyer, 111 time form, but actually looked really impressive and just looked really strong in that race coming down the lane. And then when I look at the breeding, they've kept this horse off the dirt. But I actually think that the breeding just suggests that dirt is this horse's best surface. And maybe if this horse was on the dirt before and had had some impressive races, you wouldn't be getting 30 to one right now. So the way I'm looking at it is if this horse is just really much better on dirt and maybe we're just scratching the surface that this is the race where you want to catch him because this is the race where you're going to get him at a huge price in a race where I think it is pretty even and you can poke holes in most of the other horses. I love the way he gets over the ground, Pete. And you guys That's what I, me too. That's why I look, he looked comfortable, right? On the dirt, which. He did. It is wet dirt, but we'll see on the dry. Still, yeah. You guys yeah. know who's closing like a train for a second in this race? A, a, der, a derby horse in last year. Sun Thunder, yeah. So that Sun wasn't Thunder. the worst horse to beat. It wasn't like. Coming off a layoff. Yeah. 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 Uh, interesting, Pete. Look, I, I never poo-poo people who like long shots ever. I mean, and again, so. I, I, when you get to my ticket, I think I was going pretty deep in this one. So, but I also had, like, I think I had a couple of 20 plus to one shots thinking, Hey, this might be the one where we catch something. Uh, they've got a fast pace and they've got your one like mid pack, which seems to be like, that would be a good spot to be. Um, someone in the chat, Gavin Stratton real quick on seize the night. Paul, let's let you answer that question real quick. The one, yeah, I, I have in our top three. What do you think is seize the night, real quick, Paul? Yeah, we don't, but I, I certainly now I took another look after I saw that comment, and you know, I, I think the horse is a board factor. You know, again, the, the buyers fit, um, ran well last time. You know, it's it's a little challenging. Oaklawn has just been seemingly in the slop since they started running in December. So we're going to see some horses finally run on a dry track for the first time in the meet. But, um, yeah, I think that this horse could hit the board. I I don't know. I mean, it's either a C or, a, or an X for me in, in the grid. But certainly if I were playing the race vertically, I, I'd have the horse with a chance to hit the board. Okay. Um, it, the four who I didn't love only because Von Hemmel's not great off layups. Apparently he's out. So I'll just quickly talk about the three and then we'll move on unless you guys want to talk about some other Paul, Paul, we can talk about the five if you want, you know, speed vice has broken my heart a few times guys, but I mean, geez, by the numbers, he's as good as anyone in this field. And maybe he's going to get lost in the shuffle. I really like Bayerano. He rides well at Oakland. I mean, he's only 13%, but it's a very tough, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, uh, circuit i don't know i'm not gonna sleep on speed i'm not gonna let this horse beat me after i've chased him um i've got him as an a i think he is the best speed in the race in my opinion no pun intended i like him a little more than octane paul that which that i'll bring up now for the simple fact that 
I'm not sure Octane is a two-turn horse. Now, you might say, Howard, what are you talking about? He's run the last two turns at Gulfstream. Gulfstream, I think, can carry horses more, Paul, than other tracks, in my opinion. And last time, he he couldn't beat State Breads when he got a, a lead that was relatively comfortable. So, yeah. I don't know. I know Octane's run some big races, and you're probably going to tell me why you know you disagree, and I, I hear you. I sort of prefer speed bias more, but if Octane wins, would I be shocked? No. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Again, for me, um, it's all about the eight in this race. I, I just think Octane, that was a pretty good number last time. Maybe it's an inflated number. Um, <laughs> Jim Pilaris is going to laugh that I keep using Julian Leperu on horses. Uh, this this <laughs> trainer has never used Leperu the last five years, Juan Alvarado. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought you might use the horse Howard because he – Two races back, ran with the world's fastest racehorse, but a, a rival of both Secretariat and Pegasus, the great yes. O'Connor. You know, I had I had Octane higher, and I just looked at it again, and you know, I don't know. There's there's horse on the outside. PM, we could talk about this race for a long. Yeah, I was going to mention. Can you just go to yeah, go the ahead. eleven, the eleven notary yeah. real quick? I got the eleven in my in my ABC. Hold on a second, I'll I'll get back to it. Go ahead. Um, oh, now it's not letting me get there. Well, anyway, you can talk about the 11 a little bit. Yeah, it's just uh, th- this is one of those horses that's just really in form. I mean, he's he's six and he he doesn't he's only two for 12 at Oakland, which is which is upsetting if you're looking at him on the win end. But he's won. What is that? Four out of his last six since he's been in the Armando Hernandez barn. He's just been super sharp. And then two no back, worries. he lost him. He two back. He lost a money supply only by a length and he actually had the lead in that race and got out kicked and money supply came back and impressively won the mine shaft last yeah. week. So he's been, at least he knocked heads with a horse. It was only an optional claiming 50, but at least it was against a horse who we've seen in graded stakes quality. So again, in a race that's sort of wide open, the problem is again, this configuration also the outside just isn't, it's, it's not advantageous. Yeah. So that's what I worry. Cause he's a horse that likes to be, relatively close or just sit off so i worried about that which is why i sort of knocked him down a couple pegs i got him as a c but i'm going to move him up to a b if a length i mean you, you got to use closer somewhere i mean there's a lot of, someone's going to close someone's going to pass horses yeah you know so uh, we uh, paul and i hope think hope that it's magic tap but i mean someone's going to come from deep i mean i looked at the nine op firecracker anyway there, there's a lot of, i'm spreading in this race i think there's a lot of ways to go yeah. let's go to the big one guys the rebel this is the big one of the day. How about 1.25 million? I mean, it's unbelievable. Three-year-olds, a mile and a sixteenth. Um, it is a field of 13, and wow. There is a big name in here, and you, you, there's. I'm very interested to hear about everyone's opinions. Let me take the banners off the screen. That big name is Timberlake. Six to five, morning line. Cox, Torres, absolutely lays over the field by every measure, by the numbers. I still think there are some questions on him. I don't want to steal uh, thunder from either one of you guys. Let's see our top picks here. Where do we have Timberlake? How about none of us have Timberlake on top? How about that, guys? None of us have Timberlake on – well, we got Paul. We got to bring you on screen. How about that? Justin Timberlake. Sorry, buddy. Um, I think it's safe to say – I'll speak for everyone – this is clearly the horse to beat, but you know what, Pete, isn't this also a horse you're trying to beat on Saturday based on the layoff and other factors and you and Pete, you and Paul, sorry, 
are going to do it with the coach, D. Wayne, who's very honest, 7-2. to He's running back quick. Who the hell cares? That's what D. Wayne does. You guys like Just Steel. Pete, I'll let you uh, talk about Just Steel first yeah i just i just i really like this horse i i kind of liked him him in liberal arts in the southwest last time and, and he looked like a winner for about two seconds until mystic dan kicked away but the one thing i i, I do like i think his worst races are when he tries to go to the lead so if he can sit off a bit and there is some speed in here i think if he sits off and doesn't try and go to the lead he runs better now he hasn't shown an affinity for winning these races but I feel like if they figure out, this is another one where I feel like if they figure out sort of his best style and put him in the right position, um, I think he can maybe hit another level. Now, I don't know if he's the greatest thing. I don't know if he's like a derby winner or anything. But I think if you're beating a pretty weak, this field came back pretty weak for a $1.3 million race, especially because none of us really like Timberlake. I don't even have Timberlake in my top 10 on the on our site. So I was never a big Timberlake guy, and I'm sure we'll get to him. But I figured just steal one of these days, I feel like he's going to pop a decent race and I think this could be the one because of the maybe the weakness of the field. And if they can just get him in a good position, Lucas isn't the best. Two for 28, three-year-old graded stakes, dirt routes. Both wins were Secret Oath, who was you know, sort of top, top-notch. Other than that, it's not usually his strength. But again, I just don't love the field and think this horse has a good shot to upset them. If you can, again, if you can beat who I imagine is going to be about four to five, Timberlake, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Pete, we've talked about posts. Are you, you? Is this just a longer run-up going a mile and eighth, so you're less concerned uh, about I mean, the 11-hole? I, I don't think the post is – I'm trying to think if this one was – this is the same. The outside post is brutal, so that's the concern. That's why I went a few horses in this race and didn't just I – don't, I don't think he's lock or anything. I just think he's got a shot to move forward. Is it um, possible he's going to drift off that seven to two, Pete? I sort of feel he might be like nine to two, a little bit higher. I could, I could see it. I could see it because he's not. There's not a race on on his form that jumps out at you. Really, there's not a yeah. race where it's like, oh, I have to bet this horse. He's just pretty steady. So, yeah, I, I could see him drifting up if somebody. I, I don't know who else it would be, but if somebody else catches the eye of the of the masses, so it could be someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one. Paul, your thoughts on Just Steel, your top choice also. You know, I went back and watched uh, at least two or three replays, and I think you used the word honest, Howard, and that's Mm – this horse really lays it down every time. Uh, Agree with Pete. Pete, I thought this horse was a winner in that race, and, you know, between the trip and the way the rail was the place to be – you know, good luck to the people who play Mystic Dan next time off that impressive win because that was the trip of a lifetime in that race. Uh, I thought this horse catching freedom came back to run well against our boy. Unfortunately, not quite well enough because I had a big exacta with him finishing second to Sierra Leone, but still uh, ran well. I mean, you know, the hopeful is a concern. That race has not come back. Timberlake is the only horse to win his next start out of that race. Like um, the comment, see the but, comment, Paul, by David. Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> I think that's a reference to Timberlake, but I'm not sure. You guys sure. are totally uh, in sync. Yes, go but ahead. No, I, yeah, Pete, I, 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 I think this might be the time for, for the 11. And boy, don't we hope that the coach gets a horse in the Derby. 
I mean, God love him. Still gets on a horse every morning at whatever he is, 87 or 88, whatever he is. Uh, just just a great for the game. And, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see this horse win. And uh, I think this is the race where you, you, you take your crack against the favorite. Here's my feeling at Just Steel. I don't the three weeks back, that doesn't bother me because that's what the coach does. Guys, I'm not sure he wants distance. I, I know that it's the coach and he's justified. The damn side fastest rock was like a sprinter. I don't know. He doesn't really like make up ground in the stretch. He just sort of stays where he's at or regresses. So I'm not sure with a fast pace in this race, at least I see a fast pace. I don't know if that's gonna work well for this horse. So I respect the horse. I respect your guys' pick. I've got him as a B as in boy right now because I'm spreading. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, this is to me, this is like a make or break kind of race on how I feel about just steel. If he runs really well, I'll put my cap to you guys. And I'll say, you know what? I was wrong. Um, if he doesn't run great, I think he's going to no pun intended. So I justify my feelings on this horse. Let's talk about uh, Timberlake guys. Cause this is really the story. And then I'll, Go with my uh, two sort of wacky. By the way, before I forget, Jim brought up a nice quote from Brad Cox about yes. Timberlake. Go, I don't go know ahead if you... and read it, Paul. I'm gonna, or, uh, Pete, I'll bring it on screen. Go ahead and read it for everyone. Yeah, Jim Pilar said Brad Cox in an interview stated he is a bit concerned about Timberlake getting the distance. Cox feels seven furlongs to a mile may be his best distance, but he may just outclass this field. And, and Jim's on the six and the 11. But Again, that's I mean, that's that's somewhat telling. I mean, it could be trainer speak, but it's a telling comment if you believe it. Pete, this horse always works really well. I mean, he blew by catching freedom in his works in the morning. Who I thought we talked about last week who was very goofy and ran well, whatever. I, look, I've never I've never seen Timberlake in person, but I sort of feel the way Cox does because when you look at his running lines, guys, he basically he kept a one turn. He ran fine in the Breeders' Cup, but, I mean, he wasn't really a threat. His best run was in the slop and a one-turn mile in the Champagne. Uh, the fact that he didn't go two turns much last year, I don't know. There's a lot of speed. I mean, I, I almost put this horse as a C. I, I don't know how you guys feel from a ticket perspective, but I was really tempted to put him as a C. But if he wins at a C, I'm in a lot of trouble. So this was a real confounding situation for me, Paul, on where to put him ticket-wise. Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, if 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 you're talking West Omaha and, you know, that the seven of the eight in the first leg, you know, now you're getting crumbs if, if this guy exactly. wins. I don't really, I don't really yeah. want to hit it. Uh, so I, I think you – you know, I think if you're going to take a stand, as I said, this this is the race. I think you're going to see Timberlake be very competitive on the first Saturday in May in the Pat Day in Mile. The Pat Day Mile. I totally, totally agree with you. Here's the time for him. They've got a fast pace with Timberlake right up there. I mean, the 13's got to go. We can talk about this race for an hour. There, there sure looks like there's going to be a fast pace here. And if, by the way, if Just Steel is there on the first turn, that's going to be a major problem. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You never, you never know how they're going to break and whatnot. Let me talk about my two horses, guys, because yeah. I have pretty strong opinions here. And I could be right. I could be wrong. Who the hell knows? The number six, Dematic. First of all, for Winchell, Asperson, Gaffleon. First of all, he's not going to be eight to one. That is completely ridiculous. And I think morning lines are important for as a, as a horizontal player because people are going to be fooling and thinking this horse can be eight to one. Guys, I'm going to make a strong statement. I think this horse could be lower than Just Steel on Saturday. I'm very curious to see. I think there's going to be a lot of buzz on this horse. 
I don't know if you guys saw the last race. He was talk about goofy Pete. We talked about catching freedom. This horse has got talent. He's the two. Okay, this is a wet track. Watch the stretch of the two here. As he got a nice trip, he angled out, but he's already using. He's already under the whip. But you see, he accelerates by a pretty good field, and he was all over the place. He's jumping tire tracks, guys. He's jumping shadows. He's reacting. Watch. He goes left hand here, and he reacts right here. Watch the left hand switch here in a second. He goes left hand right, coming up right here, and he's like, whoop. Uh, let me let me buy a hot dog. Then he's weaving. Now he's going to jump some tired tracks. I think he jumps a shadow or something right before the watch. Look at that right before the wire. Oh. I mean, this horse is absolutely all over the place. But I'll tell you what, guys, he's talented. There's no doubt about that, that this horse has got some talent. I don't think Asterson would put him in this spot if he didn't think he could run. I think he's an up and comer. I don't know if he's professional enough, but as an alternative, this is a horse I like now. Strap it in, boys. You gotta give me thirty seconds or a minute. Wait, can I give you two, yep. a couple yep. things just to, on Pete, the on the yeah. six real quick? The yep. Please do. couple things I was a little leery about is the his two better races were when he was on Lasix. Now he's back off it, and his debut was off yep. Lasix. That wasn't so good. And the other thing was he has a four eighty Tomlinson, which you can see up there to the right for anyone who doesn't use that number. And I didn't know if that would have moved him up in the yeah. slop last week and made him look really good. Asmussen 0 for 13 in graded stakes races, putting blinkers on for the first time too. So I didn't know, obviously he looks like he could use something to keep him <laughs> focused. Yeah. He needs a lot of work, but I agree with you. He's talented. And I've heard a few different people or I've seen maybe on Twitter, a few different people who are on this horse in this race. So I, I think you might be right about the, about the price going down and not getting the, the eight to one. There are a ton of questions, Pete, and you have every right to push back because but I don't, this is the I'm, race to do it, though, because that, you're, that's if, if saying, you have a favorite right? that's weak, this is you got to go with a horse that has some talent. And, and why not? I mean, he's bred for this. Look at Paul Conlon. Look at this, guys. Now I really want Timberlake to lose. How about that? He'll buy 100 bucks of the merch. Why aren't you buying it anyway, though, Paul, is my question. Right. You know, it's a win-win. Right. Guys, I need to talk about this horse because this is my – similar to my horse from a few weeks ago. Okay. Now <laughs> I looked really carefully at this field, like really, really carefully. And Pete and Paul, I tried desperately to find something interesting and I don't know if I'm just searching, Well, Paul, I will say this and I'm addressing this to Paul because I'm going to see Paul in a few weeks. Paul, at the NHC, this is the kind of horse I'm going to be using in the contest. It's this total fuzzy that if he wins or if he gets second, it blows up the NHC leaderboard. And these are the kind of horses, in my opinion, you have to take shots within a contest. But next level, the number eight horse at 30 to one. Look at this horse really carefully, guys. Real carefully, okay? Th uh, his third lifetime start, he placed in a grade one against Prince of Monaco and some nice horses in the Del Mar Futurity. And you know what? Desormo, you guys know, is very patient. He debuted this horse in the summer of last year. So this horse was precocious from the start, okay? The American Pharaoh, the grade one, October 7th, he stumbled to his knees and almost fell down. That's a complete toss. Then he goes to the lead and wins a maiden. Okay, he doesn't do it very impressively, whatever. Although he did face Funny Flame, and Funny Flame, guys, is the horse that was battling Hall of Fame when Hall of Fame won, just for the record. Okay? The gun runner, I don't know. I have no idea what the plan was. He he took on um, Sneed, and he took on... Um, 
uh, shoot, uh, who's the horse that the horse that you would suck at? Track Phantom. He took on Next. I mean, I don't know or not Next. Um, I Nash. think Next. Nash. Uh, help me out, guys. Nash. Sorry, I, I have no idea what Next Level was doing on the lead last time, guys. He was a completely different animal, and he he took back. I'm going to show this real quick at, at a certain spot. This was against Woodcourt. Uh, Next Level's the six guys. He was climbing because uh, he's right here. He's got a nice long stride. He's climbing a little bit, I think, because of the wet. But there was a certain spot in the race, and it's coming up. I don't know if you guys can see. He's right here where there's a horse in front of him, this red horse in red, stops. And he gets – you see this right here? He's right here. He gets shuffled back, and he, he, had, he lost momentum, and they end up going very wide. He's right here. In this stretch, here's Woodcourt right here who saved ground. He's wide in the stretch, and he would have won this race, in my opinion, if he didn't get shuffled back. He's, look how long his stride is. You guys see, he's got a very long stride, and he galloped out ahead. I'm gonna watch the gallop, and then I'll and then I'll move on. Now it gets my point. Uh, gallop out's coming up anytime now. Gallop out is coming up. There it is. Okay, so guys, here's my opinion. Next level. I want a closer in this race. Someone's got to pass someone. I think DeSormo's figured him out. I think he's going to take back. And then might be people might be saying, what about Raquel May? Guys, I've got something fascinating. I think you're going to really appreciate this. With Jose Raquel May, I want to show you this, okay? You're like, where's Ke Where's Kent? We don't want Kent anyway riding this race. I know Noah Maher does not want Kent DeSormo riding this horse. You might be wondering, how is Kent DeSormo done with Jose Raquel May? Well, take a look at this, guys. Okay, with Jose Raquel May, let's look at that first of all. And I'm going to break it down even more. With Jose Raquel May, okay, that's not a lot. 14%, but 46% of the money, 18% or $18 average payout. Now, this is what really struck me, guys. And please feel free to push back or tell me what you think. I looked at how he is with three-year-olds routing, I know it's a very specific stat, Pete, I thought you'd appreciate this, three-year-olds routing with Raquel May, not first route, sorry, route. Take a look at this, guys. Okay, now you're like, that's not very impressive. It's two for 19. But look what he's done, and actually, I think I have it in, in a not in stake race. I think I have it in stake races, too. Hold on one second. Stake races, class, here we go. I think this is how I broke down the stat. Nope, not in, sorry, forget to take the stake races out. My bad. Okay. Look what he's done, guys, with this. So he's won with an 8-1. to one. He won with a 19-1. to one. He finished second with a 19-1 to one with Raquel May. Guys, Candy Raid last year in the Silver Bullet Day at Fairgrounds, he finished a close fourth at 63-1. to one. Okay? So I'll, I'll go back and move on. Here's my point. He, he rides for DeSormo. He rides price with DeSormo. He does well with DeSormo. I think he's finally learned this horse. He's going to be closing, and he is going to be a massive, massive price. Okay, bring on the heat, guys. I'm crazy, or I am going to use this horse. Paul, you ready? I'm going to play a rare super in this race. I'm going to key him in third and fourth and maybe a little bit in second and an insanity win bet. Boom. There you go. What do you guys think? Oh, as you said to Pete earlier, we're not going to talk you off a 30 or 40 to one shot. I think I'd rather 
if the six horse is going to be lower than the 11, I, I think I'd rather have the value wise. You're better off with the eight. I think you make a good point on the six, but you know, isn't, isn't this, this week's version of hall of fame who was tremendously over bet in that race last week, a maiden going into a, uh, uh, Oh no. Yeah. Maiden going into a graded stakes. Um, uh, but anyway, you asked about the, eight. the six. You're talking about the six now, right? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. asked about the. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with the eight. Uh, you know, I think the company lines. You bring up a good point. Prince of Monaco, Mission Beach, Miramati, yeah. Muth, uh, Track Phantom. Although he was, you know, he was up the track, but um, although Track Phantom had everything his way last time yeah. and still couldn't hold I, off the 2020, 2024 Kentucky Derby winner. Here's my suggestion for everyone. We're gonna move on to the last race. We'll we'll cover the last race quickly, guys, because that's my fault. I I had to go talk about the source vertically, Pete. Because of all the speed, don't you want a closer like your like the eleven or like some bomb? I, I feel like this race is a real good vertical wager because whether I, if Timberlake wins, that's fine. I think there's bombs that could come underneath closing from deep. Right? Let's just say. Let's just say if you think Timberlake's going to win, he could win by five or six in theory. Like someone's going to finish second, right? What if Just Steel is wide? What if the six is goofy again? It just seems like, guys, there's a lot of weird shit that could happen underneath in this race. And that's why I like next level. I think that's my big, that's my overall take. Yeah, I, I have this horse. I almost had this horse in the third spot. I, oh, I, okay. It was, it was, it was right down to the wire because I didn't love anybody else. And mm-hmm. again, I hate to harp on it. The one thing I didn't love was the two races where he finished best were on Lasix again. And I, I don't like to harp on that, but I, it always concerns me if there's a enough big enough body of work. But I agree with you. I would play this horse underneath as well, especially if you can beat Timberlake and somehow get Timberlake. Shoot, if you can get Timberlake out of the top two, that would be fantastic. That would. Michael Austin, we didn't talk about the 13. Can rate stretching? I, I don't know how he's going to. He might clear from there, but I don't know. And Matt Miller, what about Carbone, guys? I mean, Carbone, a few, what, last month it was like, this is like the new Derby future bet. Um, super competitive. He runs back. We'll shoot out for the lead. I don't know a lot of horses going for the lead here, guys. I, I don't like this horse at all. Um, no, listen, I think he's, I the, he's one Miller, of those. But... He's one of those should be know. off the Derby trail and put him in the sprints and the miles. I agree. He should, he'll be there soon enough. Okay. Maybe the Pat Day mile, huh? We'll see. All right, guys, let's do this really quick. Here's uh, we're mainly going two seven. Although Paul's got the nine uh, in the mix in the last race. We'll bring it up real quick. It's a main special. It's not Archie breads guys. So that's good. Uh, we love Archie breads, but you know, they're hard to, Could I give you, I didn't get, I gave you seven, nine, 12 in this race. Um, unless I wrote it down wrong. Who do you have, Paul? So it should be seven, two, should be seven, two, 12. Okay. My bad. I'm sure I was, I, I could have given it to you that way, but it should be seven, two, 12. Okay. No worries. Switch it right yeah. there. Uh, guys, I don't think we need to talk long about this race. Then the two and the seven, give me a reason and crushed it. Look like the horses to beat. I'm throwing a few others in there just in case. Uh, Paul, you, you're going to go with the speed here. I'm assuming you just feel this is a wired job. And again, I'm having, I'm, you know what? I'd have to refresh. I'm having issues. I'm sorry with that. But anyway, I, you know, we didn't even need to go to the PPs. Uh, you're going with the yeah. question, who's a speed horse, Paul. And, and, and how would I, I, you know, one-to-one in, in a main, I spent a lot of time trying to find someone to, to beat this horse. <laughs> yeah. You know, I noted that, I will say in the two races this horse ran, 
the horses coming out of those races in, in their next race, one for 11 and one of them and 0 for 7 and another one for whatever that's worth. But then I'm looking at 83 and 82 and Cox's 18% made in special weight at Oaklawn and um, uh, the horse that uh, beat him in the maiden race uh, went to the lead in an allowance race. I, I just, I just couldn't come up with a good alternative. And even to put the two on top, I, I try to do that and I couldn't. So I won't talk anymore. I, I just think the seven's a, a, a winner in this race. Yeah, I had. Oh. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You because you're you're agreeing with me here. You know what like I'm going to say. Seven. I know. Here comes the grand the the, the uh, dad jokes. Give me a reason, Pete, why the two is going to win. Well, first of all, I'd like to give a reason why we can beat maybe an even money shot, which is Go where I was looking for the alternative. So a couple of things with the seven couldn't hold in those first two races. And then you look on the damn side, 0 for 8 dirt routes and 1 for 16 wins overall. So, you know, maybe that's a knock. And then a weird stat at Brad Cox. He's 34 percent normally with third time starters in maiden special weight dirt routes. A very specific but at Oaklawn, for whatever reason, he drops all the way down to 11%. So I'm saying mm. if you're just looking for weird angles as to how you can beat an even money shot, again, that looks like on figures is better than the field. I think there's a couple of reasons. I think this is a horse that can get on the lead and he can just get run down. And that that's where I was going. And the two was the one similar to you where I landed right. on. I like Who's the jockey the, change. I like it. I know me too. I mean, Asperson decided to go with Gaffleo instead of his son. That tells me something. He was also wide in that race, uh, Pete, the last race with Give Me a Reason. He's got a great post here. I I agree. You know, I know Crush is probably going to have the lead, but you know, in these main races, guys, you know, some of these like second time starters are going to gun out there. Like, you, I think it's hard to figure out paces in main races because you don't know what they are. And so I don't know. I just think Give, give Me a Reason is going to sit a nice trip and has a chance to upset the field. I know some others have gone with some other choices, but I think that last race is mainly two seven, although you could get frisky and use some others. Let's go with our pick fives guys. And then Pete, you know what time it's going to be time for Paul's rant of the week. We can't, don't go anywhere folks. We got Paul's rant of the week. Who knows what it's going to be about? Let's go with our picks. Here we go. Pete, you're first, your pick five, one, six, seven, eight with six with four, six, eight, 11, 13. With three seven eleven with one two seven for ninety dollars. Yeah, that the first leg we talked about was the two big favorites, Mucho Macho Girl and Zeitlos. So I probably wouldn't play it this way with four horses on sort of the A line, but I did think that if there was some vulnerability, I have the one and the six is a nice twenty to one shot just in case. The second West Omaha is my single. I just think she she's just much better than the field. Hopefully, if she runs her best. The third leg is where I hope to get the price. Like I said, I had my six on top, who was 30 to one. But I think, and, and I have the four there, and I assume we might have fours there. The four, is, if he's going to scratch, isn't on this ticket. But I think that's the race where you can get the price. And then again, in the, in the, in the Rebel, I have Timberlake on there, and I have the, the horse I like to win, Just Steel. And then I added the three common defense, who I think is probably a turf horse, but I liked another. I just wanted to put another horse in that I thought might be able to close into a decent pace. And then the same thing we said in the last leg, the two and the seven. And then I like the one, Sicilian defense. Never go against, you know, a nice nope. Italian name. So no. I figure why not? 
Yeah, the three in the rubble we didn't even talk about is another horse that could close in the cloud. It's McPeak, right? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, and that—that that was my He's... thought. Was if the pace yeah. does teed up, I thought that was one who's run against good horses. I mean, lost a lat long, who round up I think third in the Lecompte, and then yes. last time was fifth against was fifth in the Southwest. But again, that was in the mud, was a little too far back, and just sort of flattened out late. So I didn't know though if that was the mud that got to him. So. You know he's a he's a thirty to one. So if he even if he just hits the board, it's a nice yep. price to have. Uh, Magic Grant, the horse that Gavin wanted us to mention, we didn't. Sorry, Gavin, we didn't have time. But he's a closer in the uh, in the Rebel. Just to let everyone know, uh, Paul, let's go with your ticket. Paul's going seven eight with one two six eight with four five eight with two seven eleven with two seven seventy two dollars. Yeah, I, I went with the, only the two logicals in the first leg and. I, this is not a very uh, uh, sensible ticket, because. But I I thought that you needed to get a price somewhere. So and I didn't want to try to beat West Omaha with one horse. So I try. I'm trying to gang up on West Omaha in case West Omaha doesn't win. I almost singled that eight in the third leg. That's how much I like that horse. But I I came to my senses and. Uh, you know, I mean, I did. I don't. Uh, again, I I, I won't, won't be playing this ticket. I'll be playing ABC, uh, but I did throw Timberlake on for that purpose. But I, I'm I'm I think I'm a just steel guy there, and you know, again, logical. So that that's a that ticket would have to be played for more than fifty cents uh, if you wanted to get more than popcorn and peanuts. Uh, guys, I'm going to do something that I have never done before on this show with my pick fives. First question, uh, how many singles, if any at all? Well, we know you have one for sure. Anyone else? So I'm going to say I'm going to say two then. Yeah, the way he asked it, Pete, don't you think it's two? So oh, obviously, two. West Omaha, who's the second one? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> guys, I'm playing two tickets today. Um, for the show. What, why is it not showing up? Oh, there it is. Sorry. Having issues. Okay. Let me explain. <laughs> Here we go, guys. My main ticket is $98 for a dollar. For a dollar. Okay. I'm going seven with six with one, three, four, five, eight, nine, eleven. With six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve in the Rebel. With two seven, that costs forty nine dollars. I'm going to press up and make it ninety eight. My general feeling here, guys, is I think West Omaha is going to win. I'm going to take a chance with Mucho Macho Girl. If I'm right, and in my feeling, West Omaha is a very likely winner in the second leg. Okay, so I have to be right about Mucho Macho Girl. If I'm right about Mucho, Mucho Macho Girl, I am very spready in what I think are the two most wide open races. Yes, I think the Rebels wide open. And I think that's where I can get some bombs, guys. So I'm hoping to go chalk, chalk, bomb, bomb. That's my hope. And then I'll chalk out on the end. I realize I have three sort of chalks of the five races, but I'm playing it for a dollar and I'm hoping to get bombs in the middle too. So that's my thought. And I had an extra two bucks. So why not single Timberlake on a small ticket in case he wins? Seven with six, with four, eight, with seven, with two, seven, which is a $2 pick five, which will probably pay 40 bucks. But hey, if we get 20 to one on a bet, what's wrong with that? So my general opinion guys there is I just, I'm going to spread in the middle two legs, the two biggest races. 
and hope some crazy shit happens. It's that that's my uh, opinion there. Any thoughts for the viewers on how they should construct their tickets, Pete and Paul? I mean, should they press up and be chalky? I mean, what would you recommend real quick? Just 30 seconds, Pete. And then Paul, what would you recommend people do with the sequence on Saturday? I mean, I, I think it depends on what you like. If you if you're land if you're landing on all those favorites, you don't want to play a big fifty cent ticket and have all those favorites in, but then with other horses, because you're not going to get paid that way. I would say press. I'm also not against playing. We don't have to do an ABC. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say bring that comment up, and and Matt agreed with it. So. Yep. Yep. So for, for anyone listening, it said Howard should just bet $100 straight, 7-6 double yep. in the first two legs. That's how Matt Miller would do it. And Matt Miller said, darn right. I'm <laughs> sure he meant damn yep. right, but he was trying to be PG for the for the crowd. But yeah, I, I think it's one of those, you don't have to play an ABC to, to go a little to go a little crazy. You can just play one, one big ticket like Howard did and then play a little bit more of a spready one. There's different ways to tackle yeah. the pick five sequence. Paul, I mean, Paul, you really look. People can do what they want with their money. We try to help educate. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to go seven, eight in the first leg. It, it just. Yeah, I agree. Even right? though I did, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I'm using no, those. I'm, I'm weighting them differently. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Because and and this is why and, and I did it, but you know this is for the budget purposes of putting spending a hundred dollars on a ticket. Yeah. The reason is. If you only use one of them, you can do what you did, which is spread like hell somewhere else. So you have to be willing to get beat by a good horse in that leg. But the payoff is you're getting a horse later on in the sequence that you might not have if you go too deep in that leg. Right. So it's you're including a horse in the first leg who's going to be seven to five, at the risk of throwing out a horse in the third leg was going to be 15 to one. Yes. And the more I do this and, you know, I don't want to sound stupid and say, I don't quote, I don't want to hit it, but I don't want to miss one that is going to pay in the interest of, you know, trying to hit one that pays $125. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm going to take my chances that, you know, Sometime in the next 10, I'm going to grab a four-figure one that, that covers that. Well, and the good thing like is it's a... the first leg, too. So you can, even if you yeah. pick the wrong one, it's the first leg. So you can go to the pick four if you right. if you still think there's bombs in those third and fourth legs. I sort of feel like, guys, that I'm a better chance of getting some bombs in there than hitting, like, four chalks. Even though they're chalks, it's just shit happens, right? Yeah. So. And who wants to hit four chalks and what I'm going to press up 20 times? I mean, I mean, you can, I just, that's not the, I don't know. I, I think, I think the two middle races, the, the Razorback and the Rebel, I don't know. I mean, anything could happen in both those races. So it's convincing. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get on to it. It is now time, Pete. It's the America's favorite segment. We'll do it pretty quickly uh, tonight and we'll move on. It is Paul's. Rant of the week. All right. Paul, I'll bring you on screen here. We'll take myself and Pete off. Paul, the rant of the week. Well, this week we're going to talk about the fact that this 
industry that we all love. We talk about it a lot and we bet it. It, it is amazing that it cannot get out of its own way. And, and I just want to give you some examples. So Stuart Janney was on a podcast with Nick Luck. I don't know if you heard it. There's a lot of controversy around Stuart Janney winning a special Eclipse Award that they broke precedent to give to him. Uh, the Turf Riders, of which I'm a member, and we had two members on the steering committee. Uh, their voice was not heard. But that's, this is not really about Stuart Janney. But one of the things he said, Howard, in the, in, Pete, in the interview with Nick Luck, you know, they were talking about various things and studies that have been done. And they were talking about tracks running on top of each other. Now, we all, we'll, we, we'll all love it on Saturday, right, when we're trying to watch the Rebel and TV uh, FanDuel will go to the split screen of the non-winners of two lifetime at Santa Anita because they're tied into Santa. But that's another story for another day. He talked about that they had a company, McKinsey, that did a study that said they could solve the, po the post-time issues, the tracks running on top of each other. And I, my head almost exploded. I could solve it too. Just they have to pick up the phone and call someone before they throw the goddamn latch to run the race. Don't run at the same time. If you're the starter at Gulfstream and you're about to throw the latch and there's a race at Churchill going on, you get a little taser in your wrist so that you can't throw the latch until that. I mean, how simple would it be? Pete, you ever go to a sporting event and it's TV timeouts and like the NFL, they won't start. There's a guy physically on the field and he has like a red flag up. And until that goddamn flag comes down they don't start you know why because they're in commercials and commercials bring in the money yet we run on top of each other and i gotta listen to the chairman of the jockey club say that a study has been done on how we can avoid that i know how you can avoid it don't do it item number two anyone care to know what churchill downs incorporated gross and net revenue was in 2023 this will be an interactive rant pete if i said the over under was $2.4 billion for revenue on Churchill Downs gross. Would you go over or under? Over. 2.46, very good. Now, Howard, if I said the net revenue was $400 million, would you go over or under? Over. 417, you guys are good, and I love this interactive rant. Okay, yet, yet. When I'm handicapping this card, and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I see that, oh, this horse ran at fairgrounds last time. Let me watch the replay. Can I watch that replay, Howard, with one click? I do not believe so. No. You know what I have to do? I got to go to Google and go fairground uh, replays, tote board, Okay. If I put in my ABCs last week at Fairground and Formulator, Howard, could I bet them with one click? No, sir. Nope. How can that be? And again, I'm not trying to pick on Churchill Downs, but and I know they have stockholders. I know one of them. A company that nets $400 million, they really have to prevent us from watching a goddamn replay because, they're, you know, it, it – it, they're in a pissing contest with the DRF, and we can't have this. You know, you can talk about Lasix, you can talk about breakdowns, all serious stuff. But the low-hanging fruit that this industry refuses to to handle, and you know, the 
ironically, I think Mike Rapoli has the has the answer. He might not be the best messenger, but has the answer. It, it, someone has got to be in charge. I mean, I got a lot going on. I'm trying to get a book written, but if they really want me to do it, I'll do it. Uh, but someone's got to be in charge and and just take care of the stuff that annoys the shit out of all of us. Wow, love it. Wow, multi point, multifaceted, Pete as well. Hey, Paul, I've been and a, interactive. I've been a- Paul, I've been a consultant for 30 years, similar to the people at McKinsey. And we say anything and we say just the obvious stuff and get paid a lot to do it. So that, yeah. you know, that that's what and they that, do. And, and the, right, dummies, and the dummies keep paying. Yeah. So that's what that's their. It's not, Pete, it's not a knock on the consultant. It's no, a knock it, on it the industry that they think you would need a consultant to I, figure out a problem. Someone is in a room, like in hockey, it's in Toronto, right? In basketball, it's in Secaucus. Someone's in, in the NFL, it's in New York City. Someone's in a room saying, okay, okay to run the fifth at Gulfstream. And look, at I'm not talking about, you know, uh, parks and uh, Mahoning Valley running on top of each other on a Tuesday. I'd rather avoid it. But on a day like Saturday, if if we have a, a big race somewhere else and we're worried about – forget the revel, even the carousel. You know, the first leg of the pick five, we're all wrapped up, and now we got to uh, – anyway, that's so. That's I mean, right. Paul, but then you might have post-drag, and nobody – no tracks ever want to do that. They don't like to do post-drag, so. Yeah, well, and, and Gulfstream's ironically gotten better at that since Aiden Butler uh, took over first. And and look, at I know there's going to be a race where they go in and a horse gets uh, rowdy and they have to pull them out. But that's the exception. That happens, you know, once every three cards, okay? But just let's have some common sense. And the the whole thing, you can't buy the racing form of Churchill Downs because they have their own brisbane. The Churchill Downs DRF thing is really bad for the game. Sorry, Howard, I know. <laughs> I, it, it went over a minute. <laughs> you created a monster. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Anything else, Paul, you want to say this week? No, I, no, I got to go All catch right. the end of Caitlin now. <laughs> Listen. I'm only laughing because we love you and you made a lot of great points. I think everyone agrees. A lot of great comments in the chat. Uh, that'll wrap it up, everyone. 1045 Eastern on Saturday. We are live. Myself, Davey Lane, who else? Who, who knows who is going to show up as well, covering the last three races in Saudi Arabia, Arabia including the $20 million. Wow. Saudi Cup. Uh, it's going to be a fun day please go to our store support the podcast and go to our store as well in the next week guys major kentucky derby prep week uh stake races you got the fountain of youth you got uh uh we got a horse uh there's the withers another goth oh boy i'm confused the new york race uh what else we got santa anita Santa Santa anita's got a big card we got we got a lot going on in the rubble guys crush your bets with the number eight at a bomb Next level, at least to finish in the top four. That's all I need for my good friend and co-host, Paul Halloran and Pete Visco. This has been Howard Krabs, episode 334 of a very, very exciting, interesting picks and ponies. Again, crush your bets this Saturday at Oakland Park. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.
Woods. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. 